word. Lord Jesus, Lord, your word is alive. Your word is powerful. Your word will have the impact, Lord, that you desire it to have. Lord, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the confirmation of your word already this morning, Lord. You know, Lord, this message, Lord, that is to be preached. And I pray that you would help me to bring it, Lord, as you want me to bring it. Lord, may your people be encouraged. May your people be enlightened. May they really understand that you truly do love them and that there is no one who is, Lord, not acceptable to you when we come to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bible, could I get you to turn to Luke chapter 17, and we'll start at verse 11. Luke chapter 17, and verse 11. And it came to pass, as he, that's Jesus, went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Jesus was walking through Samaria and Galilee on his way to Jerusalem. Samaria was a country of half Jews, half Gentiles, and were hated and despised by the Jews. They were outcasts of the Jews. Galilee was a region that contained cities like Nazareth, uh, as Matthew twenty one eleven, Mark one and verse nine, and Luke one twenty six says, Capernaum, Luke four thirty one, Bethsaida, John twelve twenty one, and Cana, John twenty one and twelve and two. Galilee was an area that had a reputation, kind of like Armadal and Balga have reputations in the Perth area. There were places that you didn't want to go. There were places you didn't want to live because they were filled with the kind of people that you didn't want to mix with. And as proof of that, John 1.46 says, And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? as a city in Galilee. Philip saith unto him, Come and see. And he brought him to Jesus. John 7.41 says, Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? It wasn't a simple question. It was like, it was an, an, an incredulous type thing. It was like, can Christ, shall Christ come out of Galilee, out of that place? Is it even possible that, uh, that the, the Messiah could come out of a place as wicked and as bad as that? Galilee was filled with people of questionable morals who in general weren't trying to follow the ways of God. Matthew 4.15 says, 
the land of Zebulon and the land of Nephthalim, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. So whether it was officially a Gentile nation or whether it was just filled with people that weren't following God, um, it is, is attributed to the Gentiles and not to the Jews. John 7, 1. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he would not walk in Jewry because the Jews sought to kill him. It was not a place that the Jewish people considered to be godly, to be Jewish. Galilee wasn't a place that people, let alone families, went to visit for the holidays. They were, in essence, outcasts of Jewish society. And the area wasn't any better back in King Solomon's day either. In 1 Kings 9 and 10, it says, And it came to pass at the end of 20 years when Solomon had built the two houses, the house of the Lord and the king's house. Now Hiram, the king of Ty, had furnished Solomon with cedar trees and fir trees and with gold, according to all his desire, that then King Solomon gave Hiram 20 cities in the land of Galilee. And Hiram came out from Tyre to see the cities which Solomon had given him, and they pleased him not. And he said, What cities are these which thou hast given me, my brother? And he called them the land of Kabul unto this day. Josephus, the Jewish historian, believed that Kabul was a Phoenician word that meant displeasing. He ended up giving the cities back to Solomon. They were so worthless, they were so displeasing to him. This is the type of area that Galilee was. And Galilee's reputation hadn't gotten any better by Jesus' time either. So both Samaria and Galilee were outcasts from the Jewish people. And lepers were outcasts from any decent society. They were forced, even commanded by the Jewish law, to live outside society as outcasts. So these ten men, these ten lepers who met Jesus in the middle of Samaria and Galilee were outcasts of the outcasts. These were men who by their nationality were outcasts of Jewish and godly society. By their own nation, who were outcasts, also treated them, these lepers, as outcasts because of their incurable condition. You can't get somebody further away from God, from salvation, than an outcast of the outcasts. And yet, what did Jesus do? Did he shoo them away? Did he refuse to talk to them? Not only did he talk to them, but he also granted them their prayer, their greatest need and desire, which was to be healed of their leprosy. But maybe this was just an isolated incident where Jesus had just had compassion and helped them on a whim. Or maybe not. Can we turn to John chapter 4 and verse 5? John chapter 4 and verse 5. Then cometh he, talking about Jesus again, to a city of Samaria. Same place, same outcasts, same half-casts. Which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Or midday. John 
4 and 7 says, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. They wouldn't wouldn't deal with them. They wouldn't talk to them. They, they wouldn't do anything with a Samaritan. They hated and despised them so much. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman didn't understand this. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water from this well shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. She still didn't quite get it. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. Come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that sense, thou truly. The woman started to get an idea of just who Jesus was. The woman said, saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And then she talked about worshipping and how they worshipped there and, and the Jews worshipped in Jerusalem. But Jesus started to talk about the new way that was going to come, the church. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah is cometh, in verse 25, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. He told her who he was. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went away into the city and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did is not this, the Christ. And then many, because of that, many of the Samaritans in the city believed on Jesus because they either believed the woman or believed Jesus' own words. This woman was a Samaritan. She was of the city of Samaria who, as we talked about just a little while ago, were Jewish half-castes and were hated by the Jews and Jewish society. But this woman also had a reputation as a woman of loose morals. In those times, a lady in good standing with society did not go to a well to draw water at midday in the heat of the day. They normally went at or near dusk. So this woman was an outcast of her own people who were already outcasts of the Jewish nation. This woman was an outcast of the outcast Samaritan people. And yet, Jesus spoke to her and even offered her living water 
salvation, eternal life to her. Well, maybe Jesus didn't know he was who he was talking to when he did that. Maybe he didn't know that she was an outcast of the outcast when he had the conversation at the well. No, that's not true. Because Jesus revealed to her her own past. She didn't say anything about it. The woman went back to the men and said, He's told me everything I ever did. The only explanation is that Jesus actually cares about outcasts. So much so that he would deliberately reach out to an outcast of the outcasts. The lowest of the low. The furthest you can get away from society, from, from godly living, from, from anything that is good. That tells me that there is nobody, absolutely nobody who is too low or too far away from God for salvation. There is nobody who has gone too far away from God for redemption. He will still and still does reach out to you with an understanding hand to lift you up. Whether it's for the first time or whether you've already been saved or whether you walked with God and you walked away from God, He still cares about you and He always has. Did you know that Jesus knew what it was like to be an outcast of the outcasts? Luke 4.16 And he, once again Jesus, came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. He came to his own home city. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down, and all the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. See, Jesus reaches out to the poor. Jesus reaches out to the brokenhearted. Jesus delivers captives. Jesus brings uh, sight to those that are blind. Jesus sets at liberty those that are bruised. He doesn't leave anyone an outcast. He doesn't say, this makes you unworthy of me, this situation in your life, he reaches out to the lowliest of the low. And all bear him witness and wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? We know this guy. How can he be saying this thing? And he said unto them, Jesus said, ye will surely say unto me this proverb, physician, Heal thyself. Whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in thy country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land. But unto none of them was Elias sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. 
Elijah was sent to someone outside of the Jewish people. Someone outside of the nation of Israel. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. Once again, someone who wasn't part of the Jewish language, part of the Jewish culture. He was the only leper that was healed at that time. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city and led him unto the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. But he, passing through the midst of them, went his way. Nazareth was a city which had a reputation that would cause Nathaniel himself from the city Cana of Galilee. He was a Galilean. He knew what Galilee was all about. He knew how bad it could be. This man, who is also from a different city in Galilee, said, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? This was a city that had its own reputation in Galilee. This same city of outcasts threw Jesus out of town, which also happened to be his hometown. Jesus was made an outcast of the outcasts. In fact, Jesus grew up in Nazareth of Galilee and lived his life with the question marks of being an illegitimate child. People weren't dumb. They knew that Mary wasn't actually married to Joseph. And they, they, they could work out, you know, the, the time nine months before now when Jesus was born. So at the very least, there would have been whispers among people, among the women. Mary may not have been invited to many social gatherings. Jesus may, as, as, um, just as, as a part of that, may well have not been invited to things and may well have been shunned in general from society at that time. So Jesus knew what it was to be an outcast of the outcasts. If I could get someone to the piano, please. God is interested in outcasts. God reaches out to outcasts. And he's doing that this morning. You may feel like an outcast sometimes. It's in many ways a natural thing that many people feel at one stage or another. You may even actually be an outcast from your family or your nation. You may not be welcome in your own family or your own nation. You might be the black sheep of your family. You might even be the white sheep of a family of black sheep. And so you're not welcome in your own family. Jesus wants you to know that whatever your background, whatever your social status, whatever your standing in the community, that he is interested in you. He cares about you. The tongue interpretation this morning was talking about how Jesus cares about us, that he died for us personally, individually. And he will reach out to you 
where you are this morning. He will draw you closer. He already is drawing you closer to Him. If you need salvation from your sins and from yourself, Jesus offers that to you today. Jesus has always offered salvation to anybody who would listen, to anybody who will say, God, I know where I am. I know I am nothing. And I just allow you to be my God and my Savior. You might be in the church and you feel like an outcast. That can happen. You can be in the church and still feel like an outcast. You can feel lonely. You can feel like you're all alone. That is more to do with our own self-esteem and patterns of destructive thinking than anything in actual reality. And if we start thinking those thoughts, Satan is happy to help us out with that process. He'll let things get bigger and bigger in our minds, things that aren't true. And we keep listening to that, and we can believe that we're an outcast when that's not the case at all. It will lead us into a downward spiral. Satan hates everything that God stands for. But Jesus reaches out to you to draw you closer. His love is unchanging. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how far you've gone. Whether you started, whether you've gone away whether you find yourself drawing back from God for any reason, Jesus says, come. Jesus says, come a little bit closer. I want to show my love to you a little bit more. I want you to know how much that I love you. Jesus reaches out to draw you closer. And he will always reach out to draw you closer. But it's up to you what you do with that drawing presence of God. Can you feel it this morning? Can you feel Him drawing you? Can you feel His love for you? He's trying to show that to you this morning. You can reject it like you have so many times before. You can be afraid of the changes that will take place in your life as you surrender to Jesus. Yeah, a lot of people are afraid of change. And many people will, regret, will reject good changes in their lives just because it means that they will change. There's a certain uncomfortableness, even a fear of the unknown that can grip people inside that is even tighter than chains. It'll lock you up worse than being bound in actual chains. If they let go, they would no longer be in control. But I find I can mess things up more than enough if I'm in control. With Jesus, He only makes good changes. And some people would prefer to be miserable than allow a good change in their lives. Don't make the same mistake that so many have made when they come into the presence of God's drawing spirit.
I can feel the Spirit of God drawing this morning. It's so strong. It's so strong. Jesus. If you would stand. If you can feel that presence of the Lord, if you can feel Him drawing you closer, then why don't you just respond to it? Why don't you just take that chance if you've never done it before? There's only good. There's only good that comes from coming to Jesus. And if you're in the church and you feel that drawing presence of Jesus, know that He has not left you. He has not cast you aside. You are not an outcast. But use this time to draw closer to Him again. I want to open up the front of the church. If you want to draw closer to Jesus, if you want to respond to His presence this morning, if you want to allow Him to show His love to you once again, then now is the time. So I open the front of the church if you want to talk to Jesus. Just allow Him to show His love to you like He never has before.